0: Real quick, no peeking, no looking, no Googling. Who is the Pirates' most productive hitter in 2022? No, whatever you just said, it's wrong. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dale of TK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins that I... Hope you'll check out. It'll be Pirates versus Tigers tonight at PNC Park a 7.05 p.m. first pitch. I'll be heading over there myself to cover, looking forward to it. And when I do so, I will be armed with the knowledge that the Pirates' most productive hitter to date in 2022 is not, in fact, Kibrian Hayes, is not, as anyone would reasonably surmise, Brian Reynolds, although he arguably should be, it is Michael Chavis. And the number of people who discuss this are exactly 789 fewer than his OPS figure. OPS, for anyone who's new to baseball analytics, is on-base plus slugging percentage. It's Probably the best simple metric that's available to judge overall offensive efficiency. Because it takes into account not just batting average, not just on base percentage, which includes your walks, but also your power component, meaning the slugging percentage. They're all in there. OPS, 789, a little bit higher than Hayes, a lot higher than Reynolds. He also has within that Chavis does five home runs, 18 RBIs. He's got a steal. And for anybody who's interested in just the basic stuff, he's batting .280. And in the modern version of baseball, .280 is like freaking Ty Cobb, considering that the overall average across the spectrum of Major League Baseball is currently .220. He's been in general a pretty good hitter. Not a great one. Not even necessarily a very good one, but a pretty good one. And he's got some promise because he comes from pedigree. He was a first-round pick back in 2014 of the Red Sox, 26th overall, and he's only 26 years old. He's not going to turn 27 until August. And you add all that up, and then factor in that he's got limited major league service time, which means a short version of this the Pirates or whoever employs him would have multiple years of control out of him. So he might as well be young, if that makes sense, so long as he still has an upward curve to improve. Is that the case? I don't know. I mean, we've seen him, you know, wear the sombrero after a game this year and just look completely terrible. And then we've seen him do what he's done for the most part, which is hit for pop to all fields, which by the way is exactly the way Ben Charrington described him when they picked him up last year. And beyond that, man, this is one outgoing individual. This is someone who very much could be one of those character builders in the clubhouse So, put all that together. Have I sold you? Have I sold you? Would you include him in any kind of list of potential future Pirates, guys who can be part of the Pirates when they are successful? Yeah? No? This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of... Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Here's how I see it, and this isn't to get too windowy when it comes to breaking down this process. If a player can still be a player, meaning productive and everything else, but also fit within the age and service time context that matches the arrival of the pitching prospects in Altoona, then to me, they fit. And allow me to explain that, please. There is pitching potentially, on the way. We're talking about Quinn Priester and the rest of the gang with the curve, and some below that in Greensboro, and some, for that matter, just below that with Loe Bradenton. If and when some of those players arrive and make an impact, and remember, nobody bats a 1,000 when it comes to prospects developing properly, That right there is going to represent the first real window of contention. Now, I'm not backing off that just because they've won eight of their last 12. It still comes down to starting pitching. And by the way, this little streak that they're on, if you want to call it that, has been built quietly on starting pitching. It's been about Jose Quintana and Ruanzi Contreras Zach Thompson's been good. JT Brubaker was actually good right up until his last start, and we'll see where this thing goes with Mitch Keller's sinker. But again, these guys were getting you three and a third early in the season, and now they're getting you five and a third, or they're actually getting rid of the fractions and making it all the way through six, which is nice. But they ain't it. Contreras might be another one or two at the very most, But you're going to need a lot of starting pitching to contend. And that pitching really isn't in Indianapolis. It's down in Altoona. But it's not that far away. One more time, Chavis is 26. Chavis has only a couple years of Major League Service time. That means the Pirates would own his rights for, you know, close to another half decade. In which case, it really doesn't matter that he matured late in his career. I offer all of this today principally to warn myself against burying older prospects. I'll do this occasionally because it really does apply to my own commentary at times. I'll see someone who's 25, 26 years old and they come up from the minors and I just tune them out. No lie. If it wasn't for Chavis' personality, and I was at PNC Park the afternoon he showed up, he came out and met with us out by the dugout. Such a, just a lively guy, really fun to be around. I mean, the first time I met him, you could see that. If he hadn't made that kind of impression on me, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not sure I would have remembered his name to pay attention to him the next time he hit well. But he's done it for a while now. He needs to stay out there. I'd like to see him stay at first base. Not ideal with his being 5'10", but I'll take him over Yoshi Tetsugo every day and tonight and tomorrow and Sunday and you name it. Dude looks like he just might be the real deal. When we come back, just one question. Today's J1Q comes from Brian Ross, who asks, What do you make of the drastic improvements, in some cases, of the starting pitching over the past few weeks? Well, there's a big, deep, broad analysis that I could do here by breaking down each individual pitcher. There's also a real sweeping, simple analysis that I could do by just singling out one individual, and I'll get to that in a second. But the fairest way when it comes to starting pitchers, I think, is to look at what they've done one by one, because that really is how this has come about, and each one is a different story. Jose Quintana, of course, has been terrific, really, since the beginning of the season, uh, since the home opener. The most consistent member of the rotation by a mile. Not much to add to that. Zach Thompson, I referenced in the opening segment, His last seven starts, and he did have one egg that he laid in there, but his last seven starts have been really, really good, like everything that could have been hoped for when he was acquired in the Jacob Stallings trade. JT Brubaker, every time I think I've got him figured out, he serves up a bunch of gopher balls and makes you feel dumb for ever having thought it. We'll see. I imagine he's going to remove that slider that killed him in the last start completely from the repertoire, but maybe that'll make him more predictable. Who knows? We'll see. Mitch Keller with the sinker. Uh he just made this up like two weeks ago. I was just talking with him about this over the weekend. He just grabbed the ball and said, I'm gonna try to throw a sinker. And here he is doing it in major league games now. And who knows where that's gonna go. It did semi work for one start. And then there's Contreras who is we're kind of wasting our breath talking about the the immense potential that he has. I I want to be fair here and give Oscar Marine some credit. I've been rough on him, okay? So I'll do that. I can't have it both ways. I can't say, ah, oh, where are the starting pitchers? How come they're not getting any better? And then when they do get a little bit better, say it doesn't have anything to do with him. Okay. For this stretch of games, however it is that you want to split it up for these guys, probably, let's say, the past month, you've seen the starting pitching get better than the complete catastrophe that it had been before that. So there it is, high marks. Ultimately, I'm going to cherry pick here. Marine has to get the best out of Keller. I strongly believe that. You have a guy who can go out there and throw 99 miles an hour with a full repertoire. You need to figure that out as a pitching coach. Otherwise, why have a pitching coach? I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one tomorrow.